Okay, everybody, our money here. Um, I edited this podcast. That's why you hear my voice. I know everyone's shocked that I actually edited a podcast um, in recent history. Anyways, so this episode was actually recorded for Patreon, but because we're kind of like behind, we're just going to release this one since it's already pretty much, or it was already edited. And yeah, that's why we keep saying, talking about the Patreon. I also just want to put in um, a trigger warning for... Um, everything that you could imagine as far as like we're talking about true crime so everything that comes along with true crime so if you're not interested in that please just listen to other episodes yeah sound good okay let's go hi everybody welcome back it's armani and makana happy wednesday i hope you guys have your oh just kidding Cut that out. I forgot. Guys, it's our first Patreon bonus episode. So happy for you guys to all be here. Thanks Um, for supporting the pod. Yes, thank you for supporting. We love you guys. Um, So we are going to be little true crimeys. I don't know. That was bad. Today, (laughs) uh, we're going to be discussing the Lacey Peterson case. Yeah, so I don't remember how much we talked about it in the last episode, but basically me and Makana somewhat disagree on the Scott Peterson case, which is literally so fucking random. Like, I know. We're not, we're not even we're not even true crime podcasts. Like that was just random. It's just I don't well, I've gotten it. into a true uh I've gotten into like a hole. So not a hole. Well, I'm just I've just been binging like every true crime there is. So I watched um the Lacey Peterson one on Hulu and then I watched the crime the crime weekly one so that's basically the two that I'm going to be referencing but then I also watched the Casey Anthony one and then I had also watched the John Vinay Ramsey and then I also watched uh the one with oh what was his name Fernandez Gabriel Fernandez I watched the trials of Gabriel Fernandez which was so sad yes Makana, that that literally fucking ruined me like no. ruined me i have never cried so much in my entire life i truly the, something broke in my heart for gabriel like i can't imagine being connected to the case in any way just like hearing it it's devastating i can't imagine like what the lawyers and the prosecutors were, or even the people in the jury went through to hear and see everything oh my god yeah in case you guys didn't know we were talking about there's a netflix documentary on netflix and uh it talks about this little boy who was basically abused by his mom and his mom's boyfriend to -hmm. the point where he died and so huge trigger warning and yeah you'll definitely sob and if you don't sob you're a monster and we're going to be talking about the death penalty. Those two people can get the death penalty for all I care. Oh, they, 100%. I think... Use it. Honestly, <laughs> I agree with the biblical senses of an eye for an eye for certain things. You know, obviously, if you fucking steal bread, you shouldn't have your hand cut off or something. Like, that shit's stupid. But in these instances... I mean, it's not possible and it would fall under the cruel and unusual punishment of our Constitution. But these people deserve to have every single thing that they did to him done to them. Right. They 
this is kind of like not to say like spoiler alert like i'm spoiling something but they literally found cat litter in his stomach and i think that was one of the most heartbreaking things they also said that he got pepper sprayed yeah slept in the cabinet he got pepper sprayed um he he had cigarette burns they cut his hair in weird ways like he had like yeah well, it looked like it, they ripped out parts of his hair. They also, like, shot him with a BB gun. Like, you remember the – he showed up to school? Yeah. And also, if I was that teacher, I – see, like, I get it. Like, you don't want to lose your job. But, like, there's a certain point where I'm like, I literally don't care what happens to me. I don't right. care if I go to jail. Also, I, I'm so glad that all of the social workers involved were, like, tried. Yeah. Well, and they went to court, too. I – can't remember exactly if they went to prison or not no i don't think any of them got actually charged because yeah. it's like but they i think at least like because they are all incredibly negligent like i i mean i do in a way have sympathy for the social worker considering i know that his mother was you know incredibly like violent and you know, angry and dealing her with her is probably terrifying to do house visits like that, especially as a young social worker. Like, I can't imagine, like, you know, fresh out of college doing but a to house a certain, visit. To a certain point, when do you say enough is enough? Like, well, when do you yeah, say... Yeah, you definitely should have done that, but I think it goes more on her superiors. Like, they shouldn't have put someone that inexperienced in that case. Which I know one of the social, she was like one of the only social workers that wasn't connected to the case. Um, she was saying like this person was so young, like they did, they should not have had her on it. They should have had somebody else on it, like a more senior person on it that what could you- immediately see the signs and see also like have the experience and knowledge to see past all the bullshit that his mom was spewing, being like, oh, he fell or it, it was some bullies or something like. I mean, literally, I think the thing that like, really broke me is the fact that he made his mom a Mother's Day card. Like, that, that was the most heartbreaking thing. Like, that really set me over the edge because I was like, this sweet, like, little mm-hmm. baby who was put on this earth. He didn't ask to be put on this earth. Mm-hmm. And the fact that her parents and her brother try- said, we are willing to take him. We are right. willing to watch him. We are willing to take him. And she said, no, that to me is an evil person. That it reminds me of Casey Anthony because she had her parents were like, we want, they told her like, we want to adopt Kaylee. Like we'll adopt her. You live your life. Go on. She had that option. And then she still killed Kaylee. Like you cannot convince me that she didn't kill Kaylee. 100% she did it. She did it. There's no reasonable doubt. As soon, as soon as you hear, I was talking online about this last night. As soon as you heard, I heard, she didn't report her baby missing for 30 fucking days. You're guilty. And then you're she guilty. tried saying it was because she was looking for her. No, because you're guilty. Because you're absolutely you going guilty. to all these clubs and bars and having a great clubs. time because you were investigating. You were trying to find Zanny. And it's not like, oh, this is an, a 20-year-old or something. Even though my mom would report me missing. Like, if I didn't answer someone's calls, like, she wouldn't wait 30 days. Like, somebody in my family would report me missing after, like, two days of not hearing from me. Right. Like, that is <laughs> – and also, it's the fact that she didn't even tell her parents. She was right. hiding from everyone. And even 
I think it was her boyfriend or her ex-boyfriend who said that, you know, they had heard, they thought they heard Kaylee in the background or it was during the period of that 30 days, uh, Casey was on the phone with him and was like, Hey, like get off the table when we already know Kaylee was dead at that point, which is disgusting. She has, she definitely is some kind of psycho sociopath. No empathy whatsoever. Um, well, she's and- also a pathological liar. Like, she will lie yeah. and lie and lie and lie until she is caught in that lie. And I don't know if I'm sure that it was an accident. I'm sure that it was an act. I mean, you know, I, I can't say, well, I can't say for sure, but, you know, that's what I'm thinking is that it was an accident. She probably wanted to go out to the club. She gave her sleeping pills or something and then gave her too many and, you know, she passed away. I think it was an accident, but it's the fact that then you went on Mm -hmm. to not address. And it's insane to me that she went out and partied. I understand everyone copes differently, but what? But it's not even the fact. She hit it. Everything she was doing, hang on, I think I also wrote something down um, because, oh, well, it was more about what she's doing now. But back to, you know, just the case itself, the hiding it, she was just partying. The dead, the deceased decomposition smell in her car. Okay, it's not only the fact that she hid it for so long, but also the decomposition smell in her car. Oh, yeah. That was a dead giveaway. That was a giveaway. The syringe. Also, you could tell because, okay, one, yeah, she is a pathological liar, but she's not that great at lying, which it is like hindsight. Like at the time, of course, you know, people were believing her, but she's honestly really, when you look at it, not great of a liar. She she was bringing up facts, which just seems suspicious. Um, But I know at one point with the smell of the car, I don't even think they were in the car, but she was, she said to her friend, oh my God, like the car smells weird. And her friend was like, weird how, you know, like, and she was like, oh, it just smells like something died in there. Like my dad must have like hit a squirrel or something. No, you know, your daughter's dead body was in there. And I hope you burn for eternity. I hope there is a hell because Casey Anthony needs to go there. Because Casey Anthony doesn't get get off. And, you know, the crazy thing is, actually, this is kind of funny. So someone <laughs> saw her out in public and threw a drink in her face, period. I mean, if I saw Casey Anthony, I'd probably do the same thing. Tell me why she called I the hope- police. Tell me why she called the police. And, I mean, people were like, well, she called the police fast. <laughs> you know Casey <laughs> Anthony is 100% a Karen. You know she is. Um, did you know that, you know, she's dating again and she she wants to become a mom again? She Who, hopes who's to have dating? Who is dating Casey Anthony? Who is dating Please her? Please tell me. Please tell me. Because well, I feel actually, like... Uh, the serial killer, uh, Carla Homolka, who um, raped and killed her own sister, she actually is married with children. She's out of prison. Great. Great. Okay. Look, look into it. It's called the Kenneth Ken Barbie Killers. That'll mess you up. Oh, no. I have heard of those. Yeah. No, those are awful. I mean, there are people, it's like, uh, you know, the tumble, Tumblr era. I hate also the fact that the 2014 depression Tumblr era is like an aesthetic now. And Gen Z, like kids that are like 13, 14 years old are like, oh my God, like 
Can you imagine growing up in 2014 with the I Tumblr? Could. Yeah, no, I did. And it made me suicidal. So actually, um, maybe not. I mean, I'm glad I experienced it now, but what? But you know right. how girls would like fantasize? This really happened after Columbine. There were girls that fantasized yeah. the Columbine yeah. shooters. Yeah. And then, of course, American Horror Story with Tate when he emulated. The I Columbine mean, I was like, kind of into that at the time, too. Like, I was like, oh, he's so hot. Like, this is. Well, you know Tate I mean? was hot in American Horror Story. They make him hot. But I think yeah. that's also a comment on that whole group of people on Tumblr that were just idolizing these boys. And you know, a lot of them were the girls that were like, if he was dating me, I could have. I could have changed Shut him. Shut the fuck up, please. No, you would have ended up like Lazy Peterson, actually. <laughs> fuck. No, but like literally. Um, I mean, we can. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give everybody a rundown, quick timeline. Yes, let's do what happened. So basically, th this goes back to. Um. Christmas Eve of 2002. So mm -hmm. I was five. Wait. Yeah, we were five. Yeah, we were both five. Um, so let's see. Because yeah, he reported Lacey missing on Christmas Eve. Yes. Okay. So on December 24th of 2002, Scott and Lacey Peterson woke together at their home in Modesto, California. After eating breakfast and watching some TV, Scott left to go fishing while Lacey took the couple's dog for a walk. Later on that day, a neighbor found their dog still wearing the leash, wandering in front of the house by himself. Scott Peterson told the police that he first drove to the nearby warehouse to send emails and retrieve his boat, which he brought to the Berkeley Marina. Indeed, the evidence timestamped the emails and a receipt at the marina backed him up. After about 90 minutes of fishing, Scott said that he returned his boat to the warehouse, went home to an empty house, and showered. Scott told the investigators that he assumed that Lacey had gone to his mother's house, her mother's house. He called his mother-in-law looking for his wife. Half an hour later, Lacey's stepfather called 911 to report her missing. Um, I think, for one, the, ra the flags were raised immediately when he saw the dog with the leash and her car was there, but then thought that she went to her mom's house and just was like, straight vibes. That is suspicious that the car was there and the dog was just out because immediately I'd be like, John, yeah, where is she? Because also, if he did do it and he came home to that, why didn't he just call 911 immediately? This is, I could commit a murder. This is how my brain works. I'm not going no. to, but no, he, no, I, I feel like in that instance, I would have called 911 and been like, hey, I just got home. My wife's not here. Her car's here. And I just saw our dog outside without his leash. And I feel like it would have taken at least some of the spotlight off because it would have been him calling 911. The, it would have, the suspicion would have gone on to the dog, which would have pulled in more witnesses that had seen her after so-and-so he dropped her off in the well, lake. Well, I'll tell you why he didn't. It's because when he got home, he had to shower and they found his clothes that he wore that day in the dryer or in the washer, one of the two. That's why mm -hmm. he didn't call them probably right away. And 
Mm. Maybe just being a fucking idiot. I mean, we know he's a fucking idiot just by the rest of the stuff that he does. Would not say that he's a cold-blooded killer because uh, he he has no he has uh, no idea what the fuck he's doing. We'll say that. So then, um, so Scott Peterson was an early suspect for the investigation. Um, Peterson always always do it. Yeah. Um, So Peterson met with the Modesto police on the day that Lacey went missing at a nearby park where she was known to walk their dog. Police suggested going back to the couple's house. First of many tests placed on Scott to gauge his reactions. As Lacey's husband, Scott was immediately on the police's radar, given the fact that most acts of violence are committed by people known to the victim. So... Um, I think he, they try to offer him a lie detector test. Um, but that is, I don't think that means that someone's guilty because everybody knows that lie detector tests. First of all, they can't even be admitted into court. I would never take a lie detector test. Don't ever take one. They are not well, lying. Don't ever take one, but that's also how they got Chris Watts, which they already knew he was wow. lying. This was more of just, which she knew even before she administered it to Chris Watts, she was like, one of us in this room knows the truth and in five minutes it's gonna be two of us like she was not sometimes we do get people but then sometimes i'm like as okay advice for me yeah i think it works less than it actually works yeah it's success rate isn't great we'll put it at that uh so yeah, he doesn't take the lie detector tests. Um, police noted that Scott's strange behavior, such as how he couldn't remember the kind of bait that he used when he supposedly went fishing that missing uh, that morning, or what he prioritized during the investigation. His major concerns were not Lacey. One detective told People in 2005, his major concerns were his car door hitting his other car door in the driveway, or oh. me taking a picture of the boat in his shop, or getting a receipt from the pink slipper and sunglasses the tracking dog people used for Lacey scent. So then detectives also gave uh, Peterson another test um, the day after Christmas when they executed a search warrant on his home. Once again, Scott was hesitant to cooperate with the police in ways that might prove his innocence, like taking a polygraph test, which I don't agree with because that right. does not prove whether you're innocent or guilty, but, but he seemed more concerned with protecting himself. Um, they thought, you know, his behavior was suspicious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think what... So the news took this, because obviously it's a pregnant woman that went missing. It's an attractive couple right. as well. She is a white woman. Mm-hmm. So I think those were probably why it cat- catalyzed like, right into the, the news cycle, 24-7 news cycle. Also, Nancy Grace was huge. Um, yeah. This was like peak late night news. And... <laughs> She, yeah, she was pregnant, but I think also the fact that she was eight months pregnant. Yeah. Like she's missing. She's going to have her baby any week now, you know, like soon. I yeah. think that's added to the craze. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, weren't they like same as like the Watts? Like, weren't they looked at as like just a perfect couple? Like with the Watts. You know, like everyone thought they were the perfect couple, the perfect oh, family. Yeah. Like, weren't the Petersons the same? Um, like, he, he well, that she knew. Social media, they didn't have any social media presence in the same way because yeah. uh, Chris Watts' uh, wife was in an MLM, I think, like some kind of MLM. Yeah, she was so, all over Facebook. 
Yeah. So I think she made everything very public in a way that you can't, you couldn't do it necessarily in 2005 yeah. because I mean, 2002, because there wasn't even Facebook in 2002. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't even know if they had MySpace. Well, I mean, I think the internet the just started. Her cell, phone, her cell phone was left in her, the car overnight. And people are like trying to say like, you know, maybe he killed her that night because her phone was in the car, but also 2002, a lot of people left their cell phones in the car. Probably, so, probably. My um, mom did that all the time. So then there was a vigil on December 31st, 2002 in the town of Modesto. Scott declined to speak at the vigil, but he was in attendance. And, <clears throat> and I guess there was some photograph that was taken at this vigil that was really damning. Uh, one picture, Scott bends down alongside his niece to set a candle with a big smile across his face. In the second picture, he is standing by some people and laughing. Why <laughs> any missed? Okay. Yes, you can frame that poorly. I'm going to play yeah. devil's advocate this whole time. But even his, I mean, his parents are going to say anything. But they were saying, like, you know, he was trying to put on a good front to, like, be happy for like his little cousins and stuff but i mean the part where he you know makes the phone call to amber oh, wait, Frey, yeah, yeah. the woman he's having an affair with we haven't gotten there yet you're skipping in the timeline just he makes a phone call to her right. but, we have, but we have to pause we haven't gotten to the good part we have to pause one second okay. so uh Obviously, it says Grace, Nancy Grace had a bullseye on Scott from the beginning, leading the public to turn on Scott. Um, so then, okay. The way that I wish Nancy Grace was big during Trump's presidency. Yeah. That would have been, that would have been simply entertaining. But it says, now we're going to get to the hidden relationship. So, uh, Scott had a hidden relationship on the side and told his lover that his wife was dead. Uh, so Scott Peterson did something else during the Lacey and Connor vigil, as well as McConaughey said. He called his secret girlfriend. Amber Fry, who was a massage therapist and a single mom, was introduced to Scott by a friend in November 2002. So a month-ish before, uh, till the affair was like pretty new, and began a romantic relationship. And when I say a romantic relationship, I don't mean just hooking up. He went to her work Christmas party, and there is a picture of them. So he had a whole he his daughter presents. Like <laughs> he met her parents. I'm pretty sure like they were dating mm -hmm. to everyone. They were dating. So it's not just like a, a hookup kind of thing. Like did they he tell her together. that his wife was dead? I thought he like said that they were like drifting apart and they separated. No, he said uh, specifically. Uh, okay. Hold on this. Okay. So he said that in early December, around the same time they were photographed at a holiday party looking cozy, Scott told Amber his then very much still alive wife had died and this would be his first Christmas season without her. Oh, okay. I know there's like a lot of speculation around that because then he tried to go back and say, no, you misunderstood me. I was just saying, we drifted. This is my first Christmas without her. <laughs> I don't believe I that also love how when he was, he had apparently, Lazy had seen the Christmas photo of him. And I don't, yeah. And he had tried to say that 
he just brushed it off and was like, oh, you know, she was just drunk. It was embarrassing for her. Like, no, y'all look cozy as fuck in that. Shut, what? Lie harder. <laughs> Lie better. Jesus like, fucking Christ. If you're going to do it, do it well. Okay, so then also Scott was like low-key not wanting to be seen in the public eye because he did not want Amber to see his yes. face. That's what I was going to say when he made the phone call. <laughs> Yes, it's shitty because it's his dead wife's vigil, but he was- well, she was still missing. They didn't know she was dead. Oh, well, yeah, the missing vigil. But um, he was doing the phone call in order to, like, not be on camera. That's what I heard on Crime Weekly. Who knows? He's a sketchy motherfucker. Right. So, uh, let's see. Uh, it says- so on December 30th, 2002, after seeing a newspaper article about Lacey's disappearance, Frey called in the tip line and immediately began working with the police, which is how we have this recorded call of him, which you can listen to. And he's acting like he's in Paris, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. Because he's like, <laughs> what's in the background? He was like, oh, yeah, they're just kids playing in the park. Like, because he said he was on a work trip. Ugh. I'm sorry, but that is the most embarrassing thing. Like, imagine being in court and you hear that. Send me to jail. Send me to jail. So, that would be like, like if they, if they, if we ever went to prison or went to court for some reason, and they were like, "You can either take this plea deal and go to prison for the rest of your life, or we read you and Armani's text messages out loud." Prison, prison, take me. <laughs> oh my god! Last night, so I have. I'm a bracelet person. I have two bracelets that I just don't take off. One is a Hawaiian heirloom bracelet that I've had for years, and it just doesn't come off. The other one I found in the bathroom at the bar the other night, and I'm pretty sure it's a David Yurman bracelet. So I said, I saw you. I said, you're coming home with me. Um, but it's like a class bracelet. So it comes apart like that. Last night, they got clasped together like this. And not you being kinky. No, in my sleep, I was like, um, I woke up and I was still clasped together like handcuffs. And I was like, what's, what's going on right now? <laughs> Sorry, okay. continue. So, uh, yeah, okay, so it says he, uh, so, uh, let's see, he went on with Diane Sawyer, went, so did, that. <laughs> that was the other thing, he went on Diane Sawyer, which is on Good Morning America, in January 2003, um, which really just accelerated the public hate against him. None uh, of those appearances were good for him whatsoever. None of them, who put him in t on TV? It says, for one thing, he lied to Sawyer when he said that he had told the police about his affair the day that Lacey went missing. Um, he told Sawyer that Lacey knew about his affair with Amber and said she was okay with it. Which threw Nancy Grace into a fit. Most damningly, Scott referred to his missing wife in the past since saying Lacey was amazing. Which mm -hmm. is actually a very... Because Chris Watts did the same thing. He was referencing his family in past tense which is how the police kind of caught on to it mm -hmm. and um, everyone was just suspicious of him in general yeah. so he was arrested on january 5th um divers used sonar equipment in the berkeley marina where scott had gone fishing but they didn't discover anything four months later though in april locals found that i'm not gonna show the dead bodies i'm not gonna go into details um they you know it was them mm -hmm. uh then, I don't know, then he was, like, trying to disguise himself and, like, 
whatever. But I mean, he didn't like flee the country or anything crazy. Like he was just like yeah. trying to get away from the media, which I guess makes sense. I mean, I don't blame him for trying to get away from the media because the media was after him like a hound dog. Right. Like I, I know you uh, made a note about him like uh, selling his house, changing his appearance, trading in the vehicle. Um, and all of those, like, this is why I'm saying like, yes, there are so many sketchy things against him, but they all like do have like a reasonable explanation, which I'm just thinking in a court of law, I still think he's a piece of shit, but you know, he was trying to avoid the media. He sold the house because one, they were already going to move. Lacey had already talked to her own mother about wanting to move into a bigger house. And because he was being hounded by the media, he just went ahead and did that. He was like, if Lacey comes back, she'll, she'll be fine. If it's new house, she wanted to move anyway. And then as far as trading in her vehicle for a truck, he said he did that because the impound wouldn't give him his truck back. Um, but he got her vehicle back. And so he traded in her vehicle for a truck so he could keep working in the meantime. Let me tell you something. BFFR. <laughs> Be fucking for real. Um, let me, I guess I'll say, okay. So basically long story short, so he goes to court or whatever. There was one thing that I want to mention about the court. It's in my, um, it's in my thing. So uh following his opening promise okay so basically the he got charged with double homicide in a special with like a special case or something because obviously the baby wasn't like born like i guess they were saying that the baby wasn't born so then like technically but then somehow they got tried with a double homicide probably because the baby was viable well i think it's also because of the uncertainty on if connor was actually born or not yeah because it's really hard to tell like some people will say that they can tell whether a newborn baby is taking a breath but that's not true that friend it's not and also they there's speculation that you know they were killed by some kind of satanic cult and right but i think because when connor and lacy were found connor was found first and then lacy was found a few miles down um connor was not attached to the placenta or the umbilical cord so i feel like that just i don't know because there's also the theory that you know when they when whoever sunk lacy's body you know a tie to right aborted and then or you know maybe the umbilical cord just I don't know because I feel like well, if she boarded the fetus, he would be just as decomposed as her, considering her insides were literally growing sea life. Like, well, the thing about Connor is his body had washed up. They found his body before they found Lacey's body, so perhaps he wasn't in the water for as long. And I think the umbilical cord thing—if you think about it—if you're in a body of water for five, let's say that she got killed on December twenty-fourth, they found her in April. Right. That's a very long time. So a lot of things can happen within that mm-hmm. amount of time. So I wouldn't necessarily say that the umbilical cord is like, oh, he must have been born. But I do think that obviously it is suspicious that yeah. the body was found, you know, out on the 
where Scott said he was fishing, which I also thought that he said he was golfing, but I think that's my Mandela effect brain thinking that he said he was golfing. Yeah, no, he was, he was fishing because there's the whole thing with the small boat and if he would have been able to like well, to toss the body, body over. Yeah, yeah. but they were so- only found one day apart. So that's why just the way that her body was so decomposed – to me, I do think, you know, she was definitely killed before. I just feel like, I don't know. Well, I, what do you, do you think that, oh, see, we're both not like fucking auto, autopsy, uh, what are they called? Uh, morticians? Mort- no, morticians. not morticians. Well, the- autopsy anyway. doctors. Anyway, yeah. Autopsy doctors. So I'm wondering if she was killed with a baby in her stomach. I mean, but the thing is, we probably don't know because it probably hasn't happened enough. But like, would her baby? I mean, would her body eventually push the baby out? Like, would he be aborted immediately? Would he be? A, would he? You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, that like time frame. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Where is it like two months and he comes out? So maybe that's why she wasn't decomposed. That's why he wasn't as decomposed as her. But who knows? I can understand, like, in the sense of like, even if her body died, like the uh utero probably like protected connor not protected like i'm sure he still died but you know from decomposition but i mean i wonder wonder how long he would have survived in the womb with her being dead because i guess he probably couldn't have lived that long now that i think about it because like a newborn baby isn't gonna last like days without their mom like because he wasn't born so i don't know how yeah, I'm not sure exactly how that works. And then there was also the speculation into how they did the age aging of Connor because apparently yeah. like the method they used was not the correct method. And so I think they said somebody requested a second autopsy. I, it might have been Scott's team, a second autopsy of Lacey and Connor, but they're not doing it. Or they have well, Okay, so this is um this is what happened when uh so Scott Peterson's lawyers put up this um medical expert who was gonna testify that Connor died no earlier than December 29th, two thousand two. So that's what he, he was supposed to say, indicating that Lacey mm-hmm. was still alive after being reported missing. And obviously Scott had so much scrutiny, like he wouldn't have been able at least I don't think so. so. He wouldn't have been able to do that. So yeah, I don't think that's what they were getting at. But the appearance ends badly for the witness who concedes that he relied on hearsay to pinpoint the date of the pregnancy test. And at one point he asked the cross-examining prosecutor to cut me some slack. That was not good for him. Yeah, that's not good. You don't want you do not want your witness saying cut me some slack. Yeah, I think it is just hard in cases with, you know, infants or fetuses, you know, not born. Because, first of all, the, you know, conception day, it's not a 100% thing unless you are, you know, tracking your conception like that. You know, some people do that so they can actually pinpoint, you know, if people have trouble conceiving, they'll pinpoint the exact day they have sex. So, you know, exactly when you're ovulating and you'll get pregnant. But most of the time, you know, that the, the, your timing, you know, when you go in and they do the scan, it, it's, 
it's a guesstimate. There are margins of error, you know? So there's no way to like exactly know how old. And so if you're talking about like a difference of a few days, but yeah, that's hard. But they did say Lacey had got into for an appointment like the day before or recent before she went missing she was supposed to go to an appointment on the 24th and that's one of the things too is she oh no i'm getting that mixed up with shannon watts just kidding oh yeah but she had had a doctor's appointment and it you know they did the measurements of connor and then apparently the measurements of connor when his body was found was like much larger so it's like how would he have been able to grow that much if she had been killed the next day? This is why, you know, Scott Peterson, he's a piece of shit and he can rot in hell. I just think that there are too many what ifs and could be's for there to be a definitive answer. And I, I I think honestly in the cops you know not doing a thorough investigation that's one of the reasons i have doubt they did everyone a disservice you know scott themselves the public because if they had done a thorough investigation and investigated every single outlet they had and then then we would be able to definitively say yes scott killed her without a doubt but now we're Um, stuck here being like yeah a lot of things point to him but there's just a what if in there. I have I have to disagree. I feel as strongly about Scott Peterson as I feel about Casey Anthony. I think that there is no reasonable. I mean, yeah, no, there's not a reasonable doubt in the court of law. Sure, he could have had like his trial, like legally, his trial couldn't have been like a fair trial, whatever they said the issue was, because I know he got appealed and now he, mm-hmm. because he, he got, he basically, he got sentenced right. to death, but then he got, um, uh, it, like got reverted like recently to just so mm-hmm. like, you know, he's going to be in prison for life. Let me tell you something. Yeah. If I was Scott Peterson, kill me. Cause if I have no option to get out, <laughs> even though California's not even using the death penalty so that he wouldn't have gotten killed, he wouldn't have gotten killed anyways. Cause I don't think California yeah. carried out. Uh, death sentence in so long a lot of states even the ones that have it they barely do other than like what texas and alabama but i i this would be i am glad that you know his he got resentenced to not have the death sentence just because of the reasonable doubt that you have just also in the court because you know that goes into anyone that's on death row you know my opinion on the death penalty i actually did some death penalty research so let's get into it my opinion on the death penalty is if we know for a fact without a doubt like chris watts that they did it fry him with my i know with my logic technically casey anthony wouldn't fall in there but i hate her so fry her too um but it's just because I mean, even if I also think that the death penalty would need to be, what is it, subjective? Because yeah, have you watched "I'm a Killer" on Netflix? It's a no, you know, but I know what you're talking about. 
yeah, so it's just people on death row that tell their stories about, you know, why they're on death row. And one of the episodes I saw, you know, yeah, she killed her husband. She did. But there, he was abusive and she had grown up being abused. And there are just all these other factors, which it goes into what I was saying, like, murder can sometimes be excused, you know? And sometimes it makes sense, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think that we should abolish the death penalty because it obviously affects people of color more than it does white people. Yeah. And also, the, I mean, it's actually really sad to think about how many people have probably been executed that were innocent um, mm-hmm. due to just racism and prejudice that have been convicted by all white juries. But Right. I saw uh, from the ACLU, innocent people, you know, of course, are too often sentenced to death and... POC are more likely to be executed than their white counterparts. Um, And since 1973, over 156 people have been released from death row by proving their innocence. So yeah, like already almost a hundred or 200 people have been proven innocent and released from death row. Imagine how many people have been wrongfully killed. Yeah. I mean, if you guys want to watch some, some shit that will make you sob. And I'm talking like a dry heave sob. Watch the movie Just Mercy. It's actually based, it's based on a true story. It's based on like a, it was like basically a memoir written by this guy named Brian Stevenson who runs the Equal Justice Project. Mm-hmm. But they made a movie with Michael B. Jordan and Jamie Foxx a couple of years ago. I don't know if you've seen it. Oh, but I, I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I was literally like in Elena's room because we were watching it together going... <laughs> Because it was so, the book is awful too, because he tells more stories than they could show in the movie awful. I I mean, uh, obviously there was a case of like a 14 year old black boy in one of the racist states. So Mississippi, Alabama, Arkansas, something like that, like a while while back and two white girls went missing and he was convicted of the crime of killing them, even though no no way he would have done it. Because they ended up finding out that it was actually like just some like this older white man who had done it. Like they figured out who actually did it. Oh, but, was there. Right. They executed him a week later. After they then, had found out it had no. They didn't know. No, we found out this a lot later. Oh, okay. Was, okay. And um, he was not even big enough to reach the. Oh, like whatever the hat thing that they use. So they made him sit on a couple of Bibles so they could <gasps> execute a 14 year old. And his family. Yeah. Like, oh my God. I mean, literally, I cried. I sobbed when I read that story because mm-hmm. his family also couldn't visit him because they were being harassed like, by the white people in town. Like, of course. So of course. He, he literally cried for his mom. That's what they said. And I was like, okay, that's it. No, because that's it. No, because that's it. No, because I feel like the more I, you know, learn about religion, especially Christianity and just U.S. history in general, the more I do hope that there is some kind of God. And I hope it's a vengeful one. You know, I hope it's a vengeful one. I do. You know, I'm kind of feeling what the Baptists, you know, the fire and brimstone Baptists are saying. I hope all these motherfuckers that had all the racists, all the people that had a hand in killing innocent black people through the, you know, the Jim Crow, lynching, lynching, everything. 
I hope that they all get it. I don't know what it is. I hope they pay forever in some way because. Yes. There's nothing more. I mean, the Emmett Till story, of course, is another one. Like. I still haven't been able to watch the entire documentary of... I haven't watched the documentary. I feel like it would literally kill me. Well, I'm talking about the... That Mattel one? No. What? The park in New York? The five? The Central Park Five. The Central Park Five. I don't know why my brain was saying... That was fucked up, too. I I started watching the Central Park Five, but you just you've watched it, right? I I have not. I don't think I've watched the documentary, but I've I know the story. Oh yeah, I I know the story. I tried to watch the documentary. I could not get through like the first ten minutes because it immediately goes into the interrogations of the boys. Are you talking about the? It's like more of a TV show style. It's not. Yeah, like, it's more. Yeah, of I couldn't watch that. I couldn't watch that because just the way that they were treating the boys was probably honestly not even as bad as they were being treated at the time. Oh, I'm sure Let's it was much honest. worse. And they did not have recordings back then. Mm-mm. I, my heart just breaks for them and everyone that's ever been in their situation. There, I do have a book recommendation for anyone who wants to read about like someone who is, um, well, the thing is, he wasn't wrongfully convicted, but this is just how the justice system can really fuck somebody's life up. His name was Ian. Uh, hold on. Let me just make sure. Okay, so his name is Ian Manuel. It was actually in the book Just Mercy because um, Brian Stevenson was the one who helped him. So mm-hmm. back, you know, when they could still just they could still sentence juveniles to prison for life, mm-hmm. which is like fucked up. Like, you shouldn't be able to sentence yeah. a 14-year-old for life. Like well, there are still people... There are still some children... Technical, technically juveniles, but they are tried as adults. Like, 17-year-olds. I'm talking about, like, 13-year-olds should not be sentenced. Like, obviously... So, okay, so I'll explain the story. So, Ian was with some of his friends. He had kind of fallen into a bad, uh, bad crowd. Um, and... I think it was like his friend, he was hanging out with older kids that were like 16, 17 years old. And he was 13 at the time. Mm-hmm. They wanted to rob this white couple who like was walking to the movies. So they try to get the money from the white lady from them. And somehow Ian ends up shooting the white lady. Thankfully she does live in, I don't know. She's living a happy, normal life now. Like you would, I don't even think you would necessarily be able to tell that she was shot. And um, yeah. she, so then he gets sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole at 13 and put into solitary confinement for almost 19 years because I they were like, well, you're going to get raped in prison. So we have to put you in solitary confinement. And he was in there for 19 years. That is insane. I mean, thank So he ended up getting released like with help of Brian Stevenson, but it's, and he, he wrote a memoir and it's First just amazing. All, no one should be getting sentenced to life. For what is that? An aggravated assault with a deadly weapon? He, she didn't die. Attempted murder, but it's like, what's he even trying to kill? Well, I, I don't know how the law justifies what's attempted murder or what's not. But also, but. as a thirteen-year-old, come on, I, I could see it being a little bit different if the person were sixteen or seventeen. Thirteen is incredibly young to be sentenced yeah. to life prison. I saw 
one case and it is another one where you know he did do it which it is a really brutal case but he was so young so it's just one of those things where you don't know like yes they should i think it's the same case like we were talking about with the did episode it's you know if they do commit a crime you know children or people with severe mental illness it doesn't necessarily mean they need to be incarcerated like yes institutionalize them for a little bit, you know, give them the help that they need, you know, and obviously there has to be, you know, but putting a 13 year old away for life, isn't doing anything, you know? So, and like this person, this I boy, I'm getting jail time. I understand getting jail time. Yeah, I, getting jail time. time. Yes. Okay. But, but for life, maybe in juvie. maybe send him to juvie, try to get him back on the right track. Right. And, you know, you can have check-ins, you know, if they're getting rehabilitated because yeah, the one case that I saw it, it is a horrific crime. I'm not going to excuse him for that. Despite what age he is, it was a horrible crime. He had accidentally like hit this little girl in the head with his baseball bat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So she, in order to keep her from screaming, he stabbed her multiple times. And then he, I think he was 12 and she was like eight or nine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, But, and then he hit her under his bed. And I think he did some weird things with her body because she was naked. Um, But then when, you know, so obviously she was missing and he helped in, you know, the looking for her and everything. And it wasn't until his mom found her corpse under his bed. But could you also, imagine being the mom? Oh my God. I, I I think I would simply go insane. Like I would simply go insane. Like yeah. lock me into a mental institution because I will never be the same. No, I wouldn't be. Um, but I did watch an interview with him now. Um, and he's, I think close to 40 at this point. And now he's like, yeah, what I did was fucked up. Like, I fully comprehend that. And he was like, if I do deserve to die in prison, then that's it. I I just really don't know. And there's some cases where I just think as children, it's... It's actually very scary when it's actually children, though. It's like, I'm literally it, terrified. It's, it's Are you like a child killer? Like, I'm afraid. The orphan movies? Oh, my God. Which, granted, she's <laughs> technically not a kid, but... Yeah. Well, I was also thinking of the uh, Britain case where that it was like two younger boys. They were probably nine and ten abducted a three year old from the mall and viciously beat him to death. I said, "Mm, "Something screwed in their head wrong. Maybe they should be locked up for life because something." Oh my god! It's like in a Mine Hunter when his son tortures that two year old. Yes. Oh my god, that was crazy. That was I think I mean, you know, most of the time when someone commits these kinds of atrocious crimes, they are a psychopath or sociopath where they literally lack the emotional ability to have empathy or feel remorse for this. And when it honestly as terrifying as it is, when it shows up in a kid, 
I think it's that it's that your opportunity to correct it before they turn into someone like Scott Peterson, where because a lot of people have said, you know, he's a psychopath. He does it. You know, he's he's just played this act his whole life and he just doesn't have emotion. I don't think he's a psychopath. I, I've I seen it, but who knows? Because, you know, what psychopaths do is they copy personalities. So uh, I wouldn't go as far to say that he's a psychopath. I think he's just horny and he was like, oh, my God, Amber Fry. I'm literally trying to smash um, Chris Watts, too. No, Chris Watts. I think he must he must have anti antisocial personality disorder or something, because I don't see how you strangle your own babies without having some kind of disorder. I don't right. see because it's one thing for your wife. Empathy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one thing for your wife. It's a completely different thing for your five and three year old. That takes a monster. You are evil. And the fact that he killed one of them in front of the other. And his poor baby knew what was happening. Like she said something to the effect of, she, "Like that's what fucked me up." Right, because they were sitting in the back seat with uh, Shanann on the ground and they were like is mommy okay and then he killed one of the daughters and i think the other daughter was like i think she said like daddy no or something and it it just really makes me sick did he really think that so he let's say he didn't get caught for this crime so he was just gonna go on all for your mistress dude like i understand you don't want to pay alimony or whatever but at what point do you say like i mean i'm not saying oh he should have just killed his wife but it's like why kill the babies why kill the babies yeah i also i don't understand why he thought he was going to be able to get away with it his neighbor with the camera well yeah when he did the whole she killed the babies and then I killed her. Oh, yeah. Because he couldn't admit to the babies. If if that actually happened, I can I can see that being, you know, because, like, I think of the instance of, like, my own dad. Like, he loves us viciously. And I think if – not saying she would. She, she might. But in the instance that my mom had, like, killed us and he walked in, I think he probably would have flipped the switch and killed her, too. But if that's what happened, why would you stuff your daughter's bodies in oil tanks? Yeah. Come on. And, and he did say in court that he was haunted by what his daughter said to him. Good. Because you need to fucking suffer. Because I want you to suffer every fucking day on this fucking godforsaken fucking planet. Mm-hmm. He should not. He didn't get the death penalty because they don't have the death penalty in Colorado. And I said, good. Yeah. Because there's some people that deserve. Yeah. Everyone knows who he is. Everybody knows and what I he think does. Also, they said that he is also in solitary because as he, he should be. Because it, it it's a protective solitary because people would literally kill him because you know which is course, good. You know what I, I think they crazy. should do. Which you know, if he was in general pop at a Colorado prison, it possibility of him getting killed. But what they should do is drop him. In a Hawaiian prison. Because if you get convicted of a child crime in Hawaii, the Philippines, Guam. Mexico. 
death sentence <laughs> immediately because it's those Samoan guys and like Native Hawaiians, they do not fuck around. You get committed of a child sex offense, child murder charge, and you go to prison. You're done. You're done. So yeah, if it don't put you in a solitary immediately, you're dead. You're dead. Which is as it should be. Yeah, so I think they should let, you know, they should drop Chris in there, you know. You know, one of the recess times when they're outside in the yard, you know, let them all just no, pummel the that, shit out of him. No, because I want him to suffer. I need That's him true. to suffer for a lot longer. So I want him to drop, like, drop him in there, but don't let him die. Don't let him die. Every yeah, fucking day. right before, let him recover, and then drop him back in. And then just repeat that cycle over and over and over. No, but never drop him back in at the same time or the same day. Because then oh, you're no, 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 that's what I'm saying. Let him recover. Now you're talking about the psychology, the psychology of the brain. Oh. Yeah, no, you got to wait. Because you never know when it's going to happen. I think the first time would also be the worst. So, you know, you drop him in, he gets a shit beat out of him. You pull him out right before he's going to die. You bring him back to health. He's like, okay, I'm getting healthy again. You know, that was a one-time thing. And then, nope. you know, once he's, you know, back to full health, wait a few more weeks. You know, just keep him in solitary. Wait a few more weeks. Boom. Drop him in again. And then start that shit over. Let him get his hopes up. For the up. rest of his life. For the rest of his life. Wow. We're like evil and maniacal. But he's evil too. So that's what he deserves. They deserve I'm glad that, it. I'm glad that everyone could join me and McCone on this like random true crime rant. Of I all know. people who hate and true crime. Um, but yeah. Because I think this episode is already going to be like at least now in 15 minutes. So we got to, we got to cut it off somewhere. Oh yeah. So basically what the point of this episode was is Scott Peterson's piece of shit. Yeah. I need another trial to determine if he actually, I need them to do another thorough investigation, but you know, until then he's rotting in prison. So good for him. Um, And then Chris Watts and Casey Anthony can both, literally suffer for all of eternity yeah if we ever i hope they live to the point where we have like you know the cryo thing so you can live forever that way they can be in prison forever because yeah that's just both of them are at a insane psychological level yeah I, I need them to die. I need. I need. Well, if you guys liked this little true podcast or true crime rants, uh, let us know any other episodes that are interesting, you know, especially if it's yeah. things that I haven't watched. Uh, Gold Star 2, if they have the trials, I, the trial part, I love it so much for some reason. Yeah, and same here. I I love talking about true crime, so we'll keep doing more episodes like this. We're not telling you the whole thing; we're just like chit chatting about them. All right, yeah. So if if you want to listen to chit chat, um, let us know. You know other things, but thank you again for supporting the podcast. Um, we hope you guys enjoy this bonus episode, and there are definitely more to come. Yes. yes. Thank you guys Thank so much. And we'll see you in the next Patreon episode. Later. Bye. Bye.